I'm thankful that you made this part of your tradition this year. Thank you, Stephen. The, <clears throat> we have all kinds of interesting traditions at our house. Uh, some of you know that we celebrate Christmas Adam. Uh, that's, it was yesterday because, you know, this is Christmas Eve. And, and Adam came before Eve. It's steeped in great tradition. <laughs> Many years ago, Christy and I wanted to have another excuse to open a present. And so we opened one present on Christmas, Adam, and then there's Christmas Eve, and then there's Christmas Day. But it's a wonderful time of the year, you know, with the lights and the decorations and, and of course, the presents, right? Uh, but the music and the songs are all wonderful and many, as we just sang, steeped in tradition and pregnant with meaning. Uh, this uh, song, Noel, is an old English carol that really is, as you just sang those verses, bursting with great meaning. And yet, over the years, uh, we may not have gotten beyond the tradition and the familiarity of the tune to, to truly know its words. For what we just sang is really a, a birthday song to celebrate Jesus. Uh, the refrain, that, that joyous Noel, Noel, that really uh, is much like us singing, Happy birthday to you. Uh, this come, Noel comes from the French, uh, is a French word for, which comes from the Latin word birth or birthday. And so this is really like a, a birthday song commemorating Jesus. And, and yet the words tell way more. The, sure, the song uh, goes into Jesus' birth and, and celebrates that as shepherds uh, give praise and as wise men bow in reverence. Yet the amazing truth is found really in the, the rest of the song. And, and in the last few uh, verses of the Old English version, it reads like this. It says, To save us all from bond and thrall. And what that means is that it, it, the deeper meaning behind that, beyond just the words, is, is, is an understanding of how we as humanity are. Uh, we've been born into, a, uh, unfortunately, a sin-sick world, and it's got on us. Uh, we each struggle with issues, and, and we were born into sin, and that sin has a problem with it. It has a penalty with it, and, and we can't experience all that God has for us, and nor a relationship with Him, nor will we be led in heaven if we don't deal with this, this sin problem, this, this bond that has uh, attached to us. And yet the very last verse says, God, or that verse says to save us from that, and yet the last verse tells us who, that he was a redeemer for us all. That is Jesus saving us from the plight of sin. Sure, Jesus came to, to show us how to live and to give us a great example of how we should live a wonderful, godly life. But he also came to do a very important thing. See, we can't uh, save ourselves from our plight of sin. We need a savior. And that's why we sing and, and, and get so excited about what Jesus did because he came to save us from our sin. See, there's a great meaning from a very simple Christmas carol. Uh, traditions are like that, but yet we can easily forget the intent. We sometimes never look beyond the decorations, and, and we can easily forget its true intent, missing the, the personal value and really the, the personal gain from these truths. You know, it's like Christmas time. If you, someone handed you a gift, you would open it, right? Because it's for you. <laughs> It's now turned from a present to a possession. <laughs> and, and you can enjoy that and, and just take it in. And, and, and how silly it would be to never open it. I'll just let it sit in my room and just look at it. <laughs> no, it's what's inside that matters. And, 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 and yet there's so much with Christmas than just all the decorations. Those are wonderful and, and helpful and they, we enjoy them. But uh, there's so much beyond that. You know, there's, there's not only great truths, but also 
fun facts when you get beyond the surface, beyond the, the decorations of, of different Christmas traditions. Like, you know the carol Jingle Bells? You know that? Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle. Yeah, thank you. Uh, it, it's been said that it was actually uh, really written for Thanksgiving, a song that was composed in 1857 by James Pierpont and was originally called One Horse Open Sleigh. It's a fun song, uh, but the tone of being thankful is there. And really, the, the thankfulness is a deeper, deeper meaning of that song. Or, or like the, the, you know the uh, Salvation Army, which you don't see many of them ringing this year. I don't, didn't see a whole lot of them this year, but you know how they ring the bell with a, with a, with a red pot that's there? Well, that originated from way back in, I think it was uh, uh, 1891. Uh, the, this group, the Salvation Army, was wanting to do a, a charity uh, Christmas dinner for those who really couldn't afford it. And they, they, they didn't know how they were going to collect the money, so someone gave them a, a giant crab pot in San Francisco, and they, they put that out in the street, and they began to ring a bell asking people to give donations. And that's where the, the first... Uh, Salvation Army kettle came from and all the others were just to remind them of their the deeper meaning that they're there the Salvation Army is, is exists to really help people in need and there, that's its deeper meaning and, and also we've been looking at this uh, wonderful uh, oratory of Handel's Messiah over this Christmas season we've been looking at here at, at Cypress Church and uh, walking through the verses and, and even that was written by a man named Charles Jennings who really pulled together just Bible verses and, and phrases from the common book of prayer at that time. And, and he wrote that because he was noticing in his day and age, you know, back in the 1800s, that, that people were not, were just celebrating, uh, whether it would be Christmas or Easter, or just celebrating life, and, and they were missing Jesus. They were kind of leaving Jesus out, and he wanted to, to call people back to, to, the, to the Christ, to the Messiah. And so he wrote this together, and he implored uh, Handel to put music to it. And Handel himself was the same way. He was desirous of, of, though he was involved in the entertainment industry, steeped into it deeply. And that entertainment industry, which Watch had had pulled out of the church, uh, and now was just simply there to amuse. And and wanting people to sing of deeper things, he put his talents and created Handel's Messiah. And now we can see how he beautifully crafted that work to draw us to... uh, the attention of Christ Jesus. And just a couple of weeks ago, we sang it together, the Christmas portion of that Messiah. But there's much to gain to look beyond the decorations at Christmas. For beyond the, the good music, beyond the lights, even beyond the, the manger, is to look at all that God brings us at this time. Because it's God who is initiating. Jeremiah 31, verse 3 says, The Lord appeared to us in the past, saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with loving kindness. You see, we have a, a God who loves us deeply. And I know in life we go through life and sometimes we don't feel that great love, and, and yet we have a God who cares about the things of our life. He uh, is intimately acquainted with all of our ways, Psalm 139 says. He cares about us, and He is loving us in every way. And God has an incredible love for us. Romans eight twenty eight and 29 puts it this way, For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, God's love is available. It's available to everyone who would just reach out 
and experience it. Sure, we can turn our back on it. We may not experience it when we do that, but yet it's always there. Just all we need to do is turn around and believe in it and accept it. And yet, God has a love where he not only like, uh, loves us, but he likes us as well, and he delights in us. Zephaniah 3.17, not a book that we look to a whole lot, but it has a great truth about the Lord here. It says, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love, and he will rejoice over you with singing. You have a God who cares about you deeply. And not only uh, does he care about you, but he really likes being with you, and he likes who you are, uh, warts and all, mistakes and all. God really does like you, and he has sent his son for us. As Isaiah 9, 6 says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. It's Jesus who is the King of Kings, the, the one true ruler of mankind. Life lived under his rule just seems to work and one day he will take his place and things will be right. But he is now known as Wonderful Counselor, someone that we can go to when life gets difficult and someone who can help us with his great wisdom, that counselor, that wise counselor that he can give. He doesn't give wisdom as the world gives. It's a different kind of wisdom that actually goes deeper and actually gives us and allows us to move life when we align ourselves to it, to a, a wonderful life that is... Uh, full of joy even in the midst of difficulties and trials and, and, and tragedies. Jesus is also mighty God. He is creator. Colossians 1, 15 through 17 says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. That's Jesus. He's also everlasting Father. He is our eternal protector. It's like those young adults that come home after college and, and they finally, you know, they've been living on their own or been trying to and then they come into their parents' house and they just kind of relax. <sighs> because they're under somebody else. They're taking care of everything. <laughs> they're feeding me and, and, and walking me through things and I can just kind of rest because I don't have to shoulder life alone. And our everlasting Father is like that. He will help us as we walk through life, this Jesus. See, Jesus is not just a baby in a manger, but he is beyond. Beyond that to the Prince of Peace who provides for us the gift of peace with God. For you see, though God loves us deeply, more than we know, he really does care about us, and yet we're held back from that love. Isaiah puts it this way in Isaiah 59 too. Your iniquities, this sin that we've talked about, have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. And though much of Christmas is, uh, has it at its core the teaching of how amazing God's love is and the peace we can have in him, there is a distance. And that distance is there. And there's nothing that we can do to bridge the gap. We can, you know, hope to learn some more as we come to church, whether it's on Christmas and Easter or come every Sunday or learn Bible verses or help the poor. Those are all great things and we should do them. But that gap is still there. There's no human way we can bridge the gap. That's why we need a Savior. That's why we need Jesus because He came to pay the penalty for our sin to bridge that gap when He died on a cross. 
And that's why as around our Advent wreath, we have a cross. Because Jesus knew why he came. He came to pay the penalty for our sin as it was heaped on him when he laid on the cross and paid it in full as he was there, bridging that gap between us and God. And I know that many of you believe that. You've come to that place in your life where you not only understand that you're sinful and you need a Savior and you know it's Jesus and you've, you've committed your life this way and you believe that and you're excited about it and we need to keep reminding ourselves of that. How wonderful it is that we have a Savior who came to, to, to face our punishment on His own. And if you don't understand that or you have not yet made that decision to believe, I encourage you to continue to investigate Jesus. Now, that's why we've made these little red packets available to you that at the end of the service you can just pick one up and it, it walks through who Jesus is and, and why his life is so important at this time of the year. That it's beyond all the decorations. It's Christ and worshiping him and living life his way because that's where true joy is found. That's where true peace is found and that's where we truly can experience this, this amazing Jesus that we worship. Jesus also brings to us the peace of God. John 14, 27, says, Jesus says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. See, this peace of God is the peace found by following God's order of things, by following God's way of life. It's living life God's way. That's how we were designed to live. It's like, you know, some of you who are uh, parents, maybe you're going to be putting together Christmas toys <laughs> or bikes or beds or whatever or something from Ikea. And those, those instructions are there for a purpose. The, the uh, designer put that together so you would know how to build this thing properly. I remember many years, Christy and I spent well into the night uh, putting together all kinds of things. And I, the first thing I'd do is throw away the instructions. <laughs> I figured, hey, I'm intelligent. You know, I can chew gum and walk at the same time. I can pretty much figure this out. But yet there was always something I missed. I missed a step here or something like that. It just makes sense that if we are designed and created by God, which we are, to follow his instructions because he knows us best. He put us together cell by cell. And that's where true peace is found is when living life God's way. See, Christmas is, is more than the decorations and the special dinners and the, the wonderful times with family, way more than the festive foods and, the, and even way more than the gifts we receive. Christmas is about Jesus, whose birth we are eternally grateful for. He is Emmanuel. He is the, the Alpha and the Omega. He is the Prince of Peace, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Wonderful Counselor. He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He is Messiah, the one promise from old. And all Christmas season, we have been gathering around this wonderful Advent wreath. This, this is a, uh, something that has been uh, celebrated in church history throughout the centuries. A time that we would gather together the, the, the four Sundays before Christmas Eve and we would light candles and read scriptures and, and hear about how wonderful God is. And then on Christmas Eve it has always been the tradition to light the Christ candle, the candle in the center to remind us that Jesus truly is the light of the world. Christ, our Messiah, Jesus the amazing one. Sing Noel with me. Noel, 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 Noel. 
Noel, 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 Noel. Born is the King of Israel. The fun part about the Christmas season uh, is the intrigue of the lights, whether they're on houses or they're candles or, or that. And the, the description of Christ that we heard about earlier about being the, the light of the world is that uh, Christ can not only uh, light up our world by following His way of life, but it can light up our life. It can make a difference in our lives and the things that we go through. I know that for me, uh, many years ago, uh, life was dark. I was struggling with uh, issues in my family, personal issues, uh, struggling with my own self-worth, and, and someone introduced to me Jesus, the light of the world. And I remember that day that I, I came to faith and believed. It, it's life changed for me. It, it just seems that my whole world lit up. I experienced a joy that was beyond uh, words almost. What a great, fulfilling sense that, wow, how much a faith in this person called Jesus. And I, and I grew up in a university professor's home and you know, it was all intellectual. And yeah, that, you know, this whole religion thing is just something that man made up to help him feel better about life. And yet, I couldn't help but experience the reality of what Christ had done in my own life. He truly made a difference. It wasn't just a bunch of words on page or people doing crazy things in some building called a church and about this cross and all that, it actually was personal. It made an, a, a tremendous impact on me. And this light was never meant to be just held alone, but it was meant to spread. And we have as a tradition in our, so get your candles ready. <laughs> we have as a tradition in our church that as we go about this, a couple of us come and we, we light a few candles and then we watch it which spread as the kind of the lights just go down a little bit. Um, let's watch this spread. Let's spread the light. Go ahead and spread it to the people around you.
to make this part of yours this year, and thank you, Stephen. And I know we have a lot of Christmas uh, uh, traditions in our home. Uh, some of you know that we celebrate Christmas Adam. Um, come on, you guys know Christmas Adam. It, it says Christmas Eve, which is tonight, and Adam came before Eve. So Christmas Adam was yesterday. It's a tradition we started because we just wanted to open a present. So we had a Christmas Adam present, and that's kind of turned into a party, and we've just celebrated. That's one of our fun traditions. But, you know, this holiday season is just steeped in tradition. Different families have different ones, and you're going to be probably celebrating others and different ones. Like, you know, some people have that pickle ornament they hide in the tree, and the first person that finds that gets a special something. Or uh, There's all kinds of fun traditions. But these songs, uh, you know, I, I love... Uh, the, just the wonder of this time of year. Not only the, the lights and the decorations, but the music is just wonderful. And, and they're all, uh, like we said, steeped in tradition and, and, and very pregnant with, with meaning. Uh, but like the song we just sang, the, the, the First Noel, it's an old English carol really uh, laden with great meaning. And yet over the years, uh, we may not have gotten beyond the tradition or the familiarity of the tune to truly know the words. Uh, we went into those words right at the beginning just to kind of give us a flavor of that. But really, um, what we just sang was a, a birthday celebration song to Jesus. The refrain, you know, Noel, Noel, uh, is very much like us singing, Happy birthday to you. Uh, the French word Noel is derived from a Latin word for birth, uh, later to be meant as birthday. And so this was a wonderful song of just celebrating, singing happy birthday to Jesus. And yet, these words tell more. I'm sure the, the song commemorates Jesus' birth as shepherds give praise and as wise men uh, bow in reverence. Yet, the amazing truth is found in the last verses of the song. And the old English version reads it like this. To save us all from bond and thrall. And the bond they're talking about is the, is the bond that uh, was well-known then, but we, we've forgotten about it a little bit. The bond is the bond that, that we have that holds us back from what God really wants us to experience in life. We are bound, we are shackled uh, with what the Bible calls sin. Uh, it's, it's, we see this sin in our culture today. We just have to open our newspaper or turn on the radio or, or the TV and just see the, the sin in full bloom. Uh, people... Uh, hurting people and wars and all kinds of crazy things that are happening and maybe even in your home maybe even next door the, the difficulties that we face the sin is uh, this movement away from God's direction God's way of life it's missing the mark and the Bible says that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God we're all under that bondage and thrall and, and yet the, the, the last verse says that that Jesus came to save us from that. The, the last actual words say, He was a redeemer for us all, saving us from the, the plight of sin. Jesus came, uh, God in the form of a human being born, squeezed himself in the tininess of a man and, and lived among us, not only to show us how to live a, a wonderful life and a, and a right life following God's way, but also he came for a purpose. He came to free us from the bonds of sin. We'll talk about that in a moment, but see the... 
great meaning in a simple Christmas carol that we sing a lot. You see it sung you know, in shopping malls and, and on the radio, and yet it has such great meaning. But traditions are like that. And we can easily forget its true intent, missing the, the personal value and the personal gain from these truths, because there is a personal gain. It's, it's like a, if you were given a Christmas gift this year, and, and you said, oh, nice gift, and then you just set it aside and left it there, unopened. Now, none of you would do that. <laughs> you couldn't wait to rip into those presents. Some of you can't wait to rip into those presents even tonight or tomorrow morning. And, and, and it would be almost foolish and almost crazy to get a gift and never open it. And yet God gives us a gift of His Son and wants us to, to open that gift and to enjoy relationship with Him and, and uh, to have a wonderful uh, understanding of who Christ is and to celebrate way beyond the decorations to Jesus. But there are not only great truths but fun facts as we go beyond the surface, beyond the decorations of, of some of the traditions of Christmas. Uh, you know the song Jingle Bells? Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the... Oh, what fun it is to... In a one horse... Yeah, you guys, I guess you remember it there. <laughs> it has been said that that song was actually written for Thanksgiving. The song was composed in 1857 by James Pierpoint and was originally called One Horse Open Sleigh a fun song to set the tone of being thankful for the joys of life, like riding in a one-horse open sleigh with the jingle bells jingling. <laughs> Thankfulness is its deeper meaning. Or like the, the collection kettle, you know, for the Salvation Army. I didn't see many ringers out this year. I, we're doing it all online now. <laughs> but uh, those collection kettles have a significance because... Salvation Army, when it, when it first started back in the 1800s, they, they wanted to do one of the first um, Christmas uh, meals to give for those who were poor up in San Francisco. And knowing they needed to make a collection for that, someone said, here, have this giant crab pot. And so they stuck it on the street and they had someone ringing a bell say, hey, won't you give to the poor? And that's how it started. And, and that has been the essence of really the, the behind what you see of the person ringing the bell is this heart of helping people in need of the Salvation Army. Or like as we've been going through the, the oratorio, uh, Handel's Messiah, uh, this Christmas season, every Sunday, we've been looking at different pieces of the scriptures that we've pulled together for that piece. And, and Handel's Messiah is so much more than what sometimes we see performed. You see, uh, uh, Charles Jennings, who actually pulled together the Bible verses and, and put together the, the, the phrases taken from the Common Book of Prayer back in the 1800s, he, he put that together because he was noticing in his world at that time that people were going through uh, the celebrations, be it Christmas or Easter or just a life, and they were not going beyond just the, the decorations of it. They weren't reaching down to the deeper meaning of life and the deeper meaning of, of Christ and Jesus, their Messiah. And so he pulled together this piece and he, he almost begged uh, um, Handel to put music to it. But Handel himself, who was one who was uh, very uh, well into the entertainment industry, uh, this entertainment industry that had really first started all the, the great artists that had come out of the church, and, and Handel, who had been performing different and, and producing different um, musical uh, uh, pieces and, and that for entertainment now just to, for pure amusement but was more sacred and more in the church and he was tired of that and wanted people to sing of greater things and so he wanted to pull together these scriptures and, and set to music this uh, uh, excellence to have people sing of the Messiah 
see, to look beyond the decor of the entertainment and to, and to really to teach us about Jesus. And so Handel crafted that piece. And we, just a few weeks ago, had right here uh, a sing-along Handel's Messiah, the Christmas section. And it was a wonderful time to really point towards Christ. You see, there's much to gain by looking beyond the, the decorations, and especially at Christmas. For beyond the, the good music, beyond the lights, even beyond the manger, is a God who initiates and who is initiating constantly all throughout time to have us understand how much he loves us and how much he cares. Jeremiah 31, verse 3. The Lord Yahweh appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with loving kindness. God cares. He cares a lot for each one of us. In Psalm 139, it says that we are... uh, knit together by God inside of our mom and that he is intimately acquainted with all of our ways. He knows everything about us. He knows everything about you. He knows your name. He knows what you're about. He knows what you've been through. He knows the struggles you've faced and he loves you completely, warts and all. (laughs) He really does care. God has an incredible love for us. Romans 8, 38 and 39 puts it this way. For I am convinced that neither death nor life Neither angels or demons, neither the present or the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God loves you relentlessly, and He has never stopped loving you. Now, sometimes we don't experience that love because we're going our own way, we're going our own direction, and we don't simply turn around and enjoy that love. We run from it. And we stay distant from it. But it's always there, constantly there, if we were to reach out for it. And yet, this love of God is a love where God delights in us. In the book of Zephaniah, not one people tend to quote much, but Zephaniah 3.17, it says, Yahweh, the, the Lord Yahweh, your God, is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you in singing. He loves you so much, he's got songs about you. <laughs> he thinks of you. And it says, a, it says a, in Scripture that his thoughts outnumber the sand of the seashore. And he actually uh, is so delighted in his heart for you that he sings. He sings a joyous song of you. He's not disappointed in you. He doesn't look like that condemning judge on you. He's a God with a, a friendly face who loves you completely. And he cares about you. And he sent his son for us. And we've sang it. We've seen it on our walls in this auditorium. But as Isaiah says in Isaiah 9, 6, for to us a child is born, God sending his son. To us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. It's Jesus, Yeshua, who is the King of kings, the one true ruler of mankind that will one day will take his place and make things right. He can make things right now in your life today, but there will come a time when he sits as king and the world will just align in the right way. But he's now wonderful counselor. He's someone that you can go to with your troubles and your issues and the struggles that you go through and he will give you rest. He will give you peace. The circumstances may not change, but yet within them you can have a peace that surpasses understanding. And not only that, he's that wise counselor 
that gives you wisdom. Wisdom that is not like the world's wisdom. A different kind of wisdom. A wisdom that makes sense deep within our heart. And it gives us a peace that's within. Jesus is also called mighty God. He is creator, as Colossians says in Colossians 1, verses 15 to 17. Talking about Jesus, it says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created by Him and for Him. He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. He is mighty God. And He is the everlasting Father. That one who protects and that one that we can trust in. It's like that young adult who comes home and who's been busy trying to live their life either at college or on their own. They come home to their house and they can kind of relax under their parents' care. And just, and we can do that with our everlasting Father who seeks to protect us through life and one that we can lean on and trust with our lives. You see, Jesus is not just a a baby in a manger, but beyond that to the Prince of Peace who provides for us the gift of peace with God. You see, though, though God loves us deeply, more than we can put words to, God loves us deeply. And yet we're held back from that love. Isaiah, in the 59th chapter, verse 2, puts it this way. But your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden His face from you so that He will not hear. And though much of Christmas has its core to teach us of God's amazing love and the peace we can have with Him, there is a distance. It's that sin that Christ came to save us from the bondage of. And we are born into a world that is It's rampant, and and it gets on us. We were born with a sin nature, uh, one that's bent towards going away from God. And try as we might to rid ourselves of this sin, this distance between us and God, there's nothing humanly we can do to do that. We can, you know, go to church Christmas and Easter. We can uh, go even every Sunday. We can memorize Bible verses, read the whole book from cover to cover. We can give to the poor, and those are all great things, but they do not bridge the gap. That's why we need a Savior. That's why we sing of Christ the Savior, because there's nothing we can do to to rid us of sin, to, to bridge the gap. But Jesus did when He paid the penalty for our sin when He died on the cross. When He died there, He took all of our sin upon Him and paid the once-for-all sacrifice for sin. He was the atoning sacrifice for all of our sin. And that's why around our Advent wreath, we have a cross to remind us why Christ came to pay the penalty for our sin. Jesus wants to give us that peace with God by closing the gap. And how we buy into it is like that gift. We take it in and we receive it and we open it. Because faith is, is more than just intellectually understanding. Faith or the word believe actually has an action to it. It's a yes saying I am sinful and, and, and I need a savior and, and I know it's Jesus. But then it's the action of living life God's way. Because to truly believe means that you change. 
And that's what it means to believe. And I know some, many of you do that. Many of you are celebrating this Christmas fully understanding and have have believed and and given your life to live it as best as you can Christ's way. And tonight is just one of the many celebration times that you are going to be excited about what Jesus has done. And it's good to be reminded of that. And we're to expand and keep growing in our understanding that. And just take moments of praising God for sending His Son and praising Jesus for who He is. But others of you are still investigating that's why we've created a packet. Some are in white envelopes, some are in red envelopes like this. And we've put together a packet to help you. If you want to investigate Jesus more inside here, there's a, a book written by an um, investigative reporter who actually went to disprove all this Jesus stuff. <laughs> uh, his name is Lee Strobel, and he, he uh, went out to do that, and yet in his process he came to a saving faith in Christ as his Lord and Savior. And he wrote about that called The Christ of Christmas, called a the case for Christmas, and that's in here as a letter also written how you can know for sure if you, if you know Jesus. And I encourage you, if you're investigating, don't get one of these for your friend, just get it for you if you're investigating Jesus. Pick that up and, and it'll help you understand that. But Jesus came to give us peace with God. Jesus also brings us the peace of God. In John 14, 27, it says this, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. The peace of God is the peace that's found in following God's order of things. The peace of purpose, the peace of security, the peace of living as we were designed to live. It's following His instructions. Now, I don't know about you at Christmas time, but as a dad at Christmas time, it was kind of one of my biggest fears to put together and assemble all of the some assembly required toys. You know those, those ones that came with three uh, booklets full of instructions on how to do this? They were all in different languages, and I still didn't even understand the English. And, and, or you've got an Ikea furniture which just has pictures. That, that, well, I'm better that way. But, to, but, the, but you know, when I go through these kind of things, I would, I would first of all look at the instructions and I'd throw them away because I figured, hey, I'm, I'm intelligent. I can chew gum and walk at the same time. I can figure this, this thing out. <laughs> And then about halfway through, frustrated, and I forgot parts. I went back to the instructions because the manufacturer, the designer, gave us the instruction manual so we would do it right and it would come out to be a product that it was intended to be. Uh, God designed you, knit you together, and he's given you a wonderful instruction manual called the Bible that tells you how to organize your life and order your life so that it will be as the designer intended it to be. And God wants that same thing for you. He wants that peace of, of living a life right, living life in line with God's word, living life that's, that's, that's how you were designed to live with that close relationship with God, that, that wonderful acknowledgement of belief in Jesus. And, and he wants you to experience that. That's the peace of God. And I encourage you to, to follow God's way. Christmas is about Jesus. It's more than the decorations. It's it's more than the special dinners and the wonderful times with family and the, way more than the festive foods and, and even way, way more than the gifts we receive. Christmas is about Jesus, whose birth we are eternally grateful for. This Christmas season, we have, uh, in our church, we have come around this uh, wonderful uh, uh, symbol and, and ceremony of, uh, of the lighting of the Advent wreath uh, each Sunday we uh, would come and we'd read a, a portion of Scripture and, and we would light a candle representing a, a different 
idea about Messiah, that he is the light of the world, that he is the one who is our Savior and our Lord and our, our, our Creator and our God and the giver of all great things. And tonight, on Christmas Eve, we light the Christ candle to help us understand and to help us remember and to help us think about that Christ being the, the light of the world, the one that we sang about just a little while ago and read scripture about, that he is the one that can light up our life. Sing Noel with me. Noel, 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 born is the king of Israel again. Noel, 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 born is the King of Israel. Jesus, the, the light of the world. He not only lights up the world, but he truly can, as I mentioned before, he can light up your life. I know when I was younger, uh, I was living in some dark times. <laughs> um, life for me was a struggle. Uh, didn't feel like life was really all that worth it because of this difficulty that I was facing, not only my circumstances, but also just internally. And uh, somebody, a friend of mine, introduced me to the light of life to Jesus and the decision I made was very similar to what I just talked about I realized I was sinful and needed a savior and, and I, I believed it was Jesus and I gave it a chance <laughs> what else do I got to lose and it made such a difference in my life it just li it lit up my life and it just it gave me a peace within that it's hard to even put words on it but it made a huge impact in my life you see, this light that, that God has given us in Christ was never meant to stay just with us. And my friend Jeff introduced it to me, and, and he passed it on. And so as we have as part of our ceremony, as the, the lights dim, uh, we have the opportunity to let this light shine. And so when you receive the light, let it pass between you to the next person, the next person. Let's see how this lights up the auditorium from one single flame.